and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, everybody. Here we are again. Hi, Andy. Hi, Art. Folks, we here at Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast uh, and the titular Mr. Bunker, we always strive, Andy, to give the listeners the whole enchilada. That's our goal. That's the directive we've been given is deliver the whole enchilada. We, uh, we, and we want to give you guys the whole enchilada. So here's the, here is the, here's the sauce and the tortilla and the filling and the cheese. Um, Andy, shortly after finishing and editing and mixing our, our first episode last week, um, and almost immediately after we published it online, um, the doors opened to the bunker, uh, titular bunkers bunker, and we were free to go. We, we, we got set free. We were let go. And we just, it turns out we were in some rural area. I'm not sure where, if it was rural Illinois, you know, we're, we're Chicago based comedians and skeptics. And if we were in rural Ohio, rural Indiana, I, I'm not even sure where we were. It was rural. It was that's rural. That's a hard word. For, that's a hard word to say. Yeah, it's rural. Rural. It's a. It's, it's a real. Rural. It's a real tongue twister. Sorry, I got all these these cotton swabs in my mouth. There's <laughs> a lot of cotton swabs down here. Yeah, yeah. You, they're not for eating. I don't think. No. That could be in a scenario. <laughs> they taste good though. And we were just free to go, and and we just went home. And boy, Andy, I don't know about you, but I felt like such a dummy. That as soon as I got home, you know what I realized? We didn't try and figure out where the bunker was. We didn't take any information down about where it is or where it's at. You know, we're improvisers, and there's a tenet of improv known as yes and. And I think that we we yesed and a little too hard. Too hard, Mister Bunker, the titular bunker. You know, we we probably should have asked more questions. <laughs> and that's something they tell you. That's, that's a guideline <laughs> yeah. of improv. Yeah, and we and Andy. Listeners don't know this, but you and I know this because right. we know each other. Is that uh, we're very well respected improvisers, and one thing that people respect most about us is our adherence to the rules of improv. And they are hard, steadfast rules that are can never be broken. We have that belief. So we didn't ask any questions. We yes ended super hard. He said, "You're doing this podcast," and yes, we did ask questions, but the wrong the questions. wrong questions. So we did the podcast, let's us go. We didn't take anything down. We were I think we were just also so focused on getting home. You you had you have definitely a, a feeling that if you do what he's asking you to do, then you might get to leave. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't use any of the bathrooms there. So I just really had to go to the bathroom. And that's why I wanted to go home so bad. You like wanted to see your kid and your wife or something. Like right. That. I had I just really familial, had to go yeah. to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, you know, I get it. This is an unfamiliar place. You don't know anything about the cleanliness. I'm not a big public restroom guy. I gotta say, bathroom's pretty nice. It's got a bidet. It's got a bidet. Which I don't need to use because only freaks are using bidets. Let's talk about this too. Not not a standard toilet converted to a bidet. No. It has a standalone bidet. A standalone bidet. Its own bidet. Yeah. Jacuzzi tub. Uh, jacuzzi tub. I mean, he went all out on the bathroom. I mean, he spent a lot of money on this bathroom in the bunker. And let me tell you, 
uh, I feel like an idiot because I should have been using this toilet. It's got heated seats. It's very nice. I mean, egg on my face, though. We, um, we went about our week. I think we both just were kind of like, well, that was weird. You know, I, it's like, <laughs> what do you say? We didn't tell anybody about it either. Because yes. It's kind of embarrassing. It's, I mean, I got caught by a massage chair. Like, is this a thing that I, I want? Think more embarrassing that you got caught is that you use massage chairs. I was, it wasn't, it was not even a reputable massage chair. More embarrassing than that is that you were actually at a mall. Okay. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. I'll Who take that. To the mall. I'll take that on. Fine. I mean, I walked into a white van. I mean, that's a big red flag. That's a big white van flag. That's yeah. That's one you sh- you're, you're supposed to learn as a child. Yeah, but I just couldn't help it. I mean, I get it. You you are a raw denim aficionado. I'm an aficionado. I've got two pairs. Yeah, you. I'm addicted, baby. <laughs> you have at least a thousand dollars invested in raw denim. At least, baby. They're like my beanie babies. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be worth something. They'll pay for my college education. Yes. Here's the thing, though, Andy. Big egg on our faces. Yeah, yeah. Here we are next Sunday, the very next Sunday. We're hanging out. Um, well, we weren't hanging out together. I mean, just figuratively hanging just, out. Just, yeah, in we're, general. We were out and about with our lives. Here we are. We got abducted again, and we're back in the bunker. Yeah. I mean, fool me once, Andy. You fooled me. Fool me twice. You fool me again. Yeah. Fool me once. And I get fooled. Fool me twice. Did it again. How'd he get you this time, Andy? I was at the mall again. <laughs> you just can't get out of okay, the mall. Okay. I look. It's a nice place to go walk around and buy things. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was at the mall and there's one of these, uh, there's one of these large animal crates. Mm hmm. And uh, inside was a wide selection of uh, trolley gummies. Uh, they had the James Harden weird beards. James Harden has his own candy? Yeah, he's got two lines of trolley gummies. He's two got, lines? Yeah, he's got sneakers and beards. Uh, this, <laughs> Do you mean he's got... Oh, they're both gummies. They're both gummies. They're but he also gummies. has sneakers. Right. He's got sneaker, gummy sneakers, gummy beards. Boy, wouldn't you feel like a fool if you went in to buy some brand new James Harden's kicks and they brought back gummy shoes? Can't walk in those. Uh, I'd feel pretty good about that purchase. TBH. <laughs> so there was a wide selection of trolley gummies and uh, the weird beards enticed me in. And as soon as I walked in, the crate locked and I... Was I came back here to the bunker? Um, he's quick. I was. Uh, he didn't seem thrilled to see me. I'll be really? honest. Yeah, wasn't that happy. Um, I mean, I was like, here we go again. Oh wow, you gave him some dude. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe it's my fault. So, you know, I put that out there, and he just reflected it back to me. I yeah, guess. you put that negative energy out. I shouldn't have been that way. I should have been like, hey, how's your week been? But. I honestly, you could have been a little bit. I was nicer. a little miffed. I was a little miffed. Yeah. Um, art. Yeah. How'd it get you? Similarly, it was, uh, it was food based. It was a big bowl of Parmesan. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a, a hot salad bar and, uh, I was getting only some- hot salads. Well, they were next to the hot food. It was oh, it's a, a hot bar and a salad. Hot, it was just hot bar food. A hot bar and a salad bar? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not hot salads. No, 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 no. It was a hot salad bar. I'm thinking... 
I'm thinking about what a hot salad bar. What hot salads do <laughs> very I Very wilted, very yeah, slimy. Really? <laughs> but I try it, baby. I'll try anything once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, and there was this big bowl of Parmesan, and I was fixing up a really tasty superfood salad. Let me tell you the recipe. <laughs> it was, uh, it's chopped up kale. You got um, toasted almonds or almonds, depending on, uh, I like to say that. You've got cranberry or dried cranberries, aka craisins, uh, and quinoa, and then you you pour you pour over it a little lemon juice or a little lemon vinaigrette. Oh, it's it's delicious! But I thought you know what? I'll change it up. Let's get some little savoryness to it. I uh, do a little spoonful of parmesan on that parmigiano, and uh, this was a comically large bowl of parmesan, and uh, he just popped out. Popped out of the Parmesan. Butterfly net or what? But big old butterfly net. Wow. Yeah, big Dang. old butterfly net. and uh, Oldest was, trick in the book. You know, he. I have to really commend him because he went to great lengths. He covered himself in Parmesan. So this bowl of Parmesan was, was really now on the salad bar. It was adjacent to the salad bar. This sounds like too large to be on the it salad bar. It was a bar. huge man-sized bowl of Parmesan. And he, it's like he could have just hid inside of it like a stripper in a cake. But instead of doing that, he also covered himself. He made like a ghillie toe. suit out of like shreds of Parmesan. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. He made a ghillie suit. This wasn't shredded Parmesan. This was um, whole, whole wedges <laughs> just <laughs> draped on his body. He had big earrings that were whole wedges of Parmesan. I mean, it was the dude goes all out. I have to commend him. Yeah, I he's committed to the bit. He's committed to the bit. And similarly... You know, we're committed to the bit now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here we are. He got us, so we're back here, and we're going to do another episode. I mean, we're. I, I'd have to imagine that if we do this next episode, then there's a chance we'll go again. That's true. And then we can put this incident all behind us. Like, we, sure, we've been idiots two times in a row. That's two true. weeks in a row. That's true. Like, we'll learn for, okay, lesson learned. Lesson right? learned. It won't happen again. Uh, and we will definitely this time remember to figure out the location and report him to the authorities because kidnapping is not it's, adult napping is not it's not a, adult it is a napping crime. is okay. But taking a nap. Yeah, is fine. But abducting someone abducting is abducting someone is that not. is a crime. Um, I'm probably going to stop hanging out at the mall so much. You ah, I know. And I really shouldn't go to hot salad bars anymore. Yeah, I. I'm confused. The fact that a giant man-sized bowl of Parmesan yeah. didn't, you know, raise it your was suspicions. a sizzler too, and that yeah. really raised suspicions because you don't sure. see sizzlers. I don't think anymore. that exists anymore. No, they might exist out west, but out here in the Midwest, no, no. And, I you know, I really, so. I should pay more attention. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Were there but, a lot know, of clients, customers? It was empty. Like, yeah. I, it was empty. And I thought, you know, that's There's weird. a lot of red flags in this one. Big red flag. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I shouldn't have walked into a huge animal crate. Granted. Like, but mm, there was some incentive. I mean, they were real weird beards. I ate a bunch of gummies. You're not the only one at fault here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The a lot of people set. are going to walk into a large animal crate. It takes two to, two to be caught in a trap, right? To someone to set the trap and someone to get caught in it. Right. You know, speaking of um, human behavior, because we're just humans. All we are. The topic that Bunker, the titular Bunker, wants us to discuss today, Andy, is um, one that you really were drawn to. It's human evolution and human hybrids. Yeah. 
he he wanted he wants us to dig in to the nature of human beings right he's skeptical about the established story for the development of human beings he thinks there's more to uncover here he doesn't think that we're dealing with an entirely natural process without going too much into it cuz we'll go into it in the presentation but when you say the established um story of human beings you mean that we came from monkeys apes sorry right i apologize I, to all of our monkey listeners yeah yeah chilling the, at the zoo all of the, or wherever you are in the world there's lots of different kinds gibbons of gibbons and marmosets gibbons listening and marmosets. uh yeah the the baboons the the the, the popular scientific hypothesis that human beings and apes are descended from a common ancestor and that at some point through processes of of natural selection uh human beings came to be uh and split off from the ape family tree in a sense became its own branch and we have common ancestors that you learn about Frequently, if you take an anthropology course in a university or online, um, you know, you'll learn about common ancestors. Like, I think one was named Lucy. Yeah, I think there's all these missing links. I believe uh, Lucy is a is a is an ancient ancient human ancestor. Australopithecine, perhaps. Mm. No, thanks. I don't have a cold. (laughs) Gesundheit. (laughs) But there are there's all these missing links. So. You know, and I think with everything, with all conspiracy theories, there's always whenever there's some missing information, baby, they got an answer for it. And we found out a lot of really interesting stuff, I think. Yeah. Uh doing this research. Yeah. I mean, and and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of implications on the future of humanity from uh in this topic because evolution's not a process that's stopped. That's right. You know, in any sense. You know, it's not a thing that ends, it's ongoing. So, you know, a lot of times the past tells you about the future. The past does tell you about the future, Annie, and I think it's about time we jump to the future and um, we give the listeners the whole enchilada on human evolution. What do you say? I say, let's bring out that platter and let's serve up some enchiladas. Human evolution, baby. Human beings are a curiosity. On Earth, humans alone have developed to transform the planet in ways other species could not attempt. The human brain is truly unprecedented. Or is it? Are Homo sapiens the product of a random and natural process? Or does supernatural intervention explain the rise of humanity and inform its future? Modern evolutionary science holds that human beings are descended from ancient ape ancestors, a process stretching approximately 6 million years. Human ancestors first developed bipedalism approximately 4 million years ago. Stone tool usage has been dated back as far as approximately 3 million years. More advanced aspects of humanity, though, 
complex language, agriculture, extensive cultural variety, for example, have all developed within the last 100,000 years. Researchers estimate an acceleration in human evolution, when compared to that of chimpanzees, at 10 to 100 times the average long-term evolutionary rate. What accounts for this sudden burst in human development? Some scientists believe that human evolution was accelerated by the advent of agriculture. While human beings initially faced challenges in the form of rampant disease and poor nutrition, living in societies also increased populations, which contributed to a more diverse gene pool containing favorable mutations. As populations expand, the ease and rapidity with which optimal genetic material can be disseminated also grows. Some scientists have also suggested intergroup conflict and environmental factors as key drivers of increased evolutionary rate. Other researchers, however, believe that forces from beyond Earth may have played a role in the rapid development of humans. The Judeo-Christian tradition suggests that heavenly beings may have spurred human evolution through direct breeding. In the King James Bible, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1-4, through it says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. The Christian extra-canonical work, The Book of Adam and Eve, holds that the sons of God were the descendants of Seth, third son of the biblical Adam. Seth and his family lived on a holy mountain, high above the descendants of Cain, another of Adam's sons, infamous for the murder of his brother Abel. Some of the sons of Seth became enchanted with the daughters of Cain and descended from their mountain perch to fornicate. The apocryphal book of Enoch tells us that the sons of God referenced in the Bible were angels who descended to earth to mate with human women. Enoch, by the way, supposed author of the book of Enoch, is a descendant of Seth and the great-grandfather of the biblical Noah. In both traditions, the resulting offspring of the unions are the giants referenced in Genesis, sometimes called Nephilim, whose wickedness causes God to send the flood of Noah to cleanse the earth. The fallen angels, though, impart to humanity the wisdom of heaven, advancing human culture through metalworking, magic, astrology, and astronomy. These apocryphal tales do not enjoy a position in the widespread biblical canon today, though are considered inspired by some sects of Judaism and Christianity. The Book of Enoch was known to at least some early Christian writers and church fathers, some of whom considered the work to be scripture. Some researchers also find the imprint of religious figures on human evolution, though not figures from the Judeo-Christian heritage. Zechariah Sitchin proposed that Sumerian deities, the Anunnaki, were responsible for human evolution. Sitchin's assertion was that the Anunnaki were actually extraterrestrials native to a planet in the outer reaches of our solar system called Nibiru. Sitchin posits that the Anunnaki are the Nephilim mentioned in the book of Genesis in the Bible. He further suggests that the Anunnaki who arrived on Earth were workers, 
traveling to Earth to mine minerals. These worker Anunnaki became the gods of ancient cultures, but eventually mutinied against their leadership on Nibiru due to dissatisfaction with working conditions. Stitchin claims the resolution devised by the Anunnaki was to genetically engineer a cross between the extraterrestrial Anunnaki and the human ancestor Homo erectus to create slave laborers to work in the mines. The result of this pairing was Homo sapiens. David Icke proposes that Sitchin's Anunnaki and Genesis's Nephilim are actually a race of interdimensional reptilian beings known as the Archons. According to Icke, the Archons originate from a planet in the constellation Draco and from a different dimension than humans. The Archons actively worked on Earth to create an Archon-human hybrid. They attempted three separate hybridization programs, the first of which may have been responsible for creating the biblical Adam. The third program was most successful and resulted in the creation of a race of shape-shifting reptilians used to control global events known as the Babylonian Brotherhood or the Illuminati. Ike believes that the Archons use the Brotherhood to keep humans locked in states of fear and hatred. The Archons, in turn, feed off this negative energy. It is possible, though, that humans are hybrids which originated right here on Earth. Dr. Eugene McCarthy proposes that humans are the product of a female chimpanzee mating with a pig. While sterility is common in animal hybrids, McCarthy points out that this is not always the case. He suggests that the chimp-pig hybrid likely lived with a chimpanzee population and mated with chimpanzees, a pairing known as backcrossing. Dr. McCarthy posits that many of the characteristics humans don't share with apes are shared with pigs. Dr. McCarthy cites the ability of human bodies to accept parts of pig bodies, heart valves, for instance, as possible further evidence of past hybridization. Backcrossing hybridization then hypothetically accounts for greater human similarity to chimps than pigs. In the course of his research, Dr. McCarthy has collected a number of accounts of possible human hybrids, ranging from those with more reliable accounts and evidence, human pig, human dog, for example, to less reliable, human seal, human lion. While these reported pairings have yet to be genetically proven, photographic evidence exists which appears to show some discovered hybrids, such as piglets with human-like facial features. Scientists recently created human-pig hybrids in hopes of furthering research into growing organs available for transplant. Even more recently, a team of scientists created a sheep-human hybrid, also with organ-growing potential. These hybrids were never brought to term. While the medical possibilities are intriguing, ethical questions abound. Is it right to engineer a partially human creature for the sole purpose of harvesting its vital organs? What rights would such a creature have under the law? At least one scientist put aside the ethical ramifications and pursued creation of a human-ape hybrid. In the 1920s, Soviet scientist and artificial insemination expert Ilya Ivanovich Ivanov attempted to create a human-chimpanzee hybrid, sometimes called a humanzee, by inseminating chimpanzees with human sperm. Those experiments were abandoned after only a few unsuccessful attempts. Ivanov then decided to surreptitiously inseminate human females with chimpanzee sperm. This experiment was not ultimately performed. 
1981, Ji Yang a hospital head in China, claimed to have been a part of an attempted experiment to create a human Z. Ji reports that the experiment was conducted in 1967 with an effort to impregnate a female chimpanzee with human sperm. The experiment was put on hold due to the Cultural Revolution, though. The scientists were sent to farm labor, and the chimpanzee died of neglect. Gordon Gallup, creator of the Mirror Self-Recognition Test for Animal Self-Awareness, claimed an unnamed mentor told him about a human-chimp hybridization experiment which took place in Florida in the 1920s. According to the mentor, researchers successfully inseminated a female chimpanzee with human sperm. The pregnancy went full-term and resulted in delivery of an offspring. After living a few weeks, the scientists began to consider the ramifications, however, and the infant was euthanized. With human evolution rapidly progressing, which characteristics will define future generations of humans? What, if any, influence did forces outside Earth exert on humanity's past, and how will they impact its future? And that was our presentation of human evolution and human hybrids. Andy, general thoughts. Let's get them out there. I have to say that this is an especially expansive topic that 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 covers a lot of different like hypotheses and 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 theories that are floating around and i think it's it's one that's you know it's going to be hard to say with any certainty what happened exactly you know i think that when you look at all the you have to just look at the evidence, you know, and say what makes the most sense to me because I mean, at the end of the day, is there any real way for us to know right now what happened to our ancestors in the past with any kind of real certainty? No, we just have a bunch of dusty old bones uh, that we find. Yeah. uh, You know, in the middle of nowhere and we're like, well, we think this is what, because isn't that sort of the thing that they always kind of tell you about science is like nothing is absolute. It's always like, this is generally what we believe. Right. You know, like that's the thing with like gravity and shit. It's like, we pretty much think it's this, but we don't know. They have a certain body of evidence that leads them to a conclusion based on testing and creating hypotheses, testing those hypotheses, and then using that data to help inform a thought of what it all means. You know, this one's a really fun uh, conspiracy theory because I think it gets, it's 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 fun. It's not too, I mean, it's dangerous, I guess, if you talk to very religious folks uh, because, you know, I think, I think the concept of, of evolution is becoming a little bit, is much more universally accepted nowadays. But I think people still like, you know, just saying that, can piss off a certain group of folks, you know? Right. But yeah, there are some people who discount evolution almost 
entirely. Right. Uh, but I think with all the alien stuff and the, you know, some of the other fun stuff with this one, I, I it's not one that really like is a uh, nail biter, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the last week's episode of MK ultra where it's like, Oh right. God, like, I mean, the thing is MK ultra, we kind of asked ourselves, could we be impacted by something like this? Right. With, with evolution. We are absolutely right. It's a, it's, it's a almost given. like it's, it, it's an observable thing. Um, you dived into a lot more research for this one than I did. Um, Bunker really was harping on you this week. Who or, is a taskmaster? Or, excuse me, today to um, to get this one going. Um, I think there's a lot of wild stuff in this one. I'm particularly interested in Stitchin and his sort of how he knows that these were worker Anunnaki's who decided to have a like... Like a proletariat uh, yeah, <laughs> against the bourgeoisie, like District Nine style. Like these were loser worker aliens who like were not high class. We're not. How, how does he? How does he know that? So if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Sitchin was actually the product of. Uh, I mean, he was born in the Soviet Union. I'm pretty sure. Like now that oh. you say that, like. Um, he ended up being like he was a, he just had an interest in like archaeology ar- archaeology uh or you know ancient cultures um in his life i guess he was like a, a a shipping company executive and that's what he did for gainful employment and then he traveled to like uh ancient sumerian sites and stuff and different um sites of of ancient uh societies in his life and he pieced this together from some of the ancient Sumerian like texts and stuff that he wrote. Uh, and basically like the heart of it is Nibiru is this planet that is, uh, his book is called, uh, the 12th planet. Uh, and it's, it's about because Nibiru is supposedly like the 12th planet. Uh, it's an object beyond Pluto in our solar system. I mean, Pluto, they don't consider it to be a planet anymore, but at it would have right, been but young time. millennials like us, right? We know that it is. It's yeah, it's the OG planet, uh, not just a planetoid. Okay, yeah. Um, so this this planet would have been like way far out in the in the solar system, and uh, he did a lot of like he proposed a lot of calculations of like the orbit of Nibiru. Um, you know, the story, like we said, the workers come here, they're looking for minerals, probably gold to mine from the earth, uh, for their, uh, advanced society back on Nibiru. Um, there's, uh, there's some thought of his that of about the formation of Nibiru that, um, it like ended up colliding with a couple of objects in the solar system and parts of it are what make up the the asteroid belt and, and all that stuff. Um, but you know, Sitchin's interesting because most of his stuff has been like most scholars, like pretty widely denounce it as like pseudo history, pseudoscience. You didn't, that, that surprises me, Andy. It really does. (laughs) Yeah. That, that mainstream science didn't catch on to this. I mean, he's, he's been him and Eric Von Daniken, uh, who wrote, uh, chariots of the gods are both like very influential though, in like alternative kind of science communities. Like these are, uh, their work has been very influential in other people, uh, including David Icke. Uh, but 
Sitchin got a lot of criticism for his interpretation of Sumerian texts. Uh, he got a lot of criticism for his assignment of the deities to the uh, planetary objects uh, because a lot of um, researchers feel like these are very well established by the Sumerian culture. And he sort of just picked whatever he wanted, mm. like that helped like support his thing. And so uh, people don't think that he's like very, I guess, skilled at <laughs> reading the, the Sumerian cuneiform. And- he sounds like my kind of guy, honestly, like just pick what you like and kind of half ass it. Right. That's how I got. I mean, he shot, life. I mean, he, he hit a home run though. Like he was very popular. We're talking about him. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're not talking about all those boring ass scientists. Yeah. I'm not going to name by name any scientist who studies Sumerian culture and is yeah. like well respected in it. Cause I don't know. Uh, but I don't know how to be fucking rock stars. You know, people also say like, well, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he, that, that the Anunnaki would know anything about the formation of, uh, like the exact formation of their planet. Like, how would they know that with any certainty? Like, we don't know anything for certain about the formation of earth. We can only could be flat hypothesize. <laughs> yeah, it might be, uh, <laughs> more on that later. Um, <laughs> well, that's going to be a fun one. Oh boy. <laughs> that's going to come up. You better believe it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting hypothesis um, because obviously it gets to that, the heart of that like hybridization um, thought that humans, because I think there's a, there's a general feeling amongst some people who don't necessarily agree with the scientific interpretation, the like mainstream science interpretation of evolution that, you know, what do we talk about? Right. It's certain, not linear. Yeah. Certain developments took a long time. Right. Like, like there's, there's 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 minor evolutions and then they build into macro evolutions. And then and then there's this there's this burst in the right. last like 100,000 years humans have absolutely been exploding. And there's not really a definitive answer for why that happens besides that we fucking rule. Right, that we're freaking cool as hell and we'll kick flip on any other species <laughs> on this earth. We're so radical, freaking dude. Freaking ollie off of a chimpanzee. Oh yeah. Um but you know the that that burst in development makes a lot of people skeptical that that the accepted scientific that you know the scientific approach only yielded x number of results for like 5 million years and then all of a sudden all these things happen but you know it's an interesting argument to say that uh human beings started living in societies there was agriculture so there was more ready access to food people had to work less hard to like get f- sustenance. Uh, so even though our bodies weren't attuned to that at the time, and actually scientists say that when people started living in societies driven by agriculture, that brain size shrunk, human size shrunk, like people got smaller, their brains got smaller. But then as the body developed, as humans evolved to be able to um, effectively use agricultural products, then it really took off. Interesting. Brain size takes off. You know, we continue to grow. People get bigger all the time. Um, but at first it wasn't, you know, humans all living together. There were a lot of different uh, populations. So people were getting exposed to diseases they'd never been exposed to. They had no immunity for it. A lot of people died. Um, our bodies. Black leg, yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> but our bodies eventually attuned to it. And a lot of that can be explained through in some would say through a natural process, which is like there's natural mutations 
that occur in our genes and favorable genetic mutations when there's a larger group of people living together those favorable genetic mutations can spread more quickly and more efficiently so you know whereas you can completely integrate maybe a favorable um genetic mutation in just a, a few generations in a large human society whereas you know it may have been a very precarious thing that didn't get widespread in human populations when we were mainly nomadic hunter gatherers so this like coalescing of humanity almost makes the the evolutionary rate go higher and higher right. it's kind of like the scientific explanation for it but it's it's an anomaly i mean it is. obviously as you heard like chimpanzees don't evolve at nearly the same rate nothing today. else is I mean, is that really, you know, that's kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, it's like, why hasn't anything else evolved and to I, this rate? You know, I think probably the scientific answer is that, well, no other creature on earth builds societies with the breadth of qualities, characteristics, genetic traits that human beings build. Mm. That, you know, the population is so wildly varied genetically that it's it's there's more diversity already in the gene pool than in some other species mm-hmm. and then we continue to expand that diversity and that makes everybody advance more rapidly you know there's a lot of really interesting stuff with this especially some of the um biblical stuff about these giants yeah they used to walk amongst us and populated with us and they were actual giants these were actual <laughs> giant people yeah, that's I mean, not every not every Bible interpretation you'll read says the word giants. Oh. Um some say Nephilim uh and you know, it's like I think there are some some biblical scholars who will say that these are like maybe fallen angels or some other thing, but you know, there's there's pretty good tradition. I mean, you know, the book of Enoch and and the book of Adam and Eve which are apocryphal works, like they both sort of say the same thing that there's there's some being closer to god who comes to earth has intercourse with a hu- with humans hell yeah and it it creates this race of giants hell yeah and like in all the traditions the giants are bad like they're they're obnoxious they they do bad things they're cannibals Oh jeez! They, they eat. They use up all the resources on Earth. Fuck these guys! Yeah, and and this is what like God says is like, this is why humanity's gone astray. Like these giants, people are doing bad. The giants are making everything bad. I'm gonna. I just have to start over. Oh, he's like, I fucked up. I shouldn't have sent this shit to fuck with you guys. Literally, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. My I mean, however, bad, my bad. Let me hit reset. Let me fucking start it all over, baby. We're going to do it right this time. Yeah, however you want to read into God's intention there, it's like at, at some point he gets to the stage where he says, this is not good anymore. I need to I need to flush it all out. It's like a clog in the drain. I got to flush it and things will run smooth. And so that's the flood of Noah. Like that's how we get to that point is that Noah and his family are determined to be the only righteous people and so they go on the ark and everything else dies. Wow. Although, you know, there's like, obviously David and Goliath is a pretty famous story from the Bible. 
and Goliath is supposedly a giant. That's and right. A lot of these people, I mean, it's like they claim sort of in the Bible, there's like some ancestral heritage back toward, toward some of these like people of renown from like the olden times. So what kind of giants are we talking here though? Cause like there are still giants who walk amongst us. Like, People like the mountain from Game of Thrones. That dude Yao is tall Ming. as fuck. Yao Ming is tall as fuck. He's taller than Shaq, who is yeah. also tall as tall fuck. Is like, yeah. So what are, what are we talking here when we talk giants? Are we talking like above double digits in height? I don't know. It's hard to say because like if you think about it in a historical sense, yeah. authors of the Bible, like human beings, wouldn't have been like that big. They would have been small dudes. They probably would have been like five footish, like because they were malnourished. Yeah, like probably a six foot tall person would have been like a really tall person. So yeah. we're probably talking like, I mean, probably like a person like Shaq or like a Yao Ming or a, or 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 a mountain. A genetic would have been like anomaly. Yeah, it would have seemed like really bizarre to them that would have been a giant. You know, when I think about all this, uh, I of course think about myself. Uh, <laughs> right, as I am wont to do. Right. Um. But I think like, you know, I think humans are like so fucking good at adapting. And that that's kind of the always thing that just kind of like strikes me is why like, why we're so good at evolving, like why we evolved so fast or something. There's something about us that makes us so damn good at adapting to anything. We can live in any fucking climate we want. We can eat almost anything, basically. Um, we're not as like cool. We don't have as many cool attachments or parts as some other animals like i don't have a cool scorpion tail i don't have razor sharp teeth yet more to come on that more to come on <laughs> you know i don't uh i don't secrete any kind of fluid that could i'm gonna have to call them. foul on this one i'm not sure that's accurate <laughs> poisonous fluids oh well i've never tested it for poison <laughs> We get bored in the bunker. Uh, a lot of secretions. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. No. You know what he, I mean about like humans adapting? Yeah. Humans are exceptionally adaptable. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of that, it goes back to, it, like some of it goes back to evolution too. Like we, some of the things that, that sort of, bef that were good for us on the like plains of Africa, like, coming down out of the trees, basically. Right. Like, have served us well. In Bipedalism uh, helped us see over the grass. Right. And and it's and it's sort of, like, been effective for us otherwise because it's, I mean, how much easier is it for us to, like, carry things? Than, oh, so easy. And say, like, you know. I can carry ape. tons of groceries. Right. And One like, time I carried a lot. Apes have, like, relatively more strength than us, but we're set oh, up baby. in such a way. <laughs> oh, boy. Do they ever? Do they ever? <laughs> Those you ever been oh, pinned by an orangutan? You ever fucking tried to out deadlift a goddamn gorilla? <laughs> you can't win. That's so it's rough. Ooh, their hamstrings. Ooh, boy. Uh, no, uh, I know. Yeah, you know, it's like something. We don't have their strength, but we have better adaptability. Right. Yeah. We're able to overcome problems in a better way. Yeah, and a lot of that is probably like enhanced brain function. Yeah. Which is is really the the ultimate question I think of human evolution is like why why of all things did our brain take this leap that other creatures didn't like our brain is the one that's that's unique in the in the menagerie 
of life on Earth. Do we have like different diets than other, uh, you know, forms of apes? Is there? I wonder if there's something else that we started doing that. It's a good question. We're just eating more protein or something. I mean, I think that's. I mean, you know, cooked food, I think, is one of those things that people look back to a lot as being a turning point in human <laughs> Not development nowadays. <laughs> yeah, fucking sushi Raw burritos. Diets. What are you doing? Sushi burritos are fucking stupid. I've never had one. Mm-hmm. It's like the concept of sushi is fine, but then somebody had to fucking go and make it into a goddamn burrito. Like it's way too much raw fish. It's fucking gross. Touched a nerve here. Sorry, I get pissed off about sushi burritos. Yeesh. <laughs> I do want to touch a little bit on. Good segue. Good segue. Uh, I do want to touch a little bit on this human hybrid. You're very interested in the hybrids, aren't you? I'm very interested in the hybrids. I know you are. I think the evolution is just kind of like, you know, whatever they say. It's like, it doesn't really change me. Does it change us? Does it change who we are? Like finding out, it's kind of like finding out how the fucking sausage is made or like Snapple or something. I don't know why I said Snapple. Like, I guess the ingredients in a Snapple, like it's like, (laughs) I don't know why I went to Snapple. <laughs> Shout out Snapple. Get a refreshing Snapple. I haven't had a Snapple in years. Uh, time to give it another go. Uh, time to, there you go. Um, yeah, I know you're. I know you're interested in hybrids and um, like Dr. McCarthy, Dr. Eugene McCarthy. The he's a longtime like geneticist, genetic researcher. Um, he his his hypothesis is that humans are a cross between chimpanzees and pigs. And Which lot, I love. Right. I know you love pigs. Because listeners don't know this, but you know this because you know me. I know Is you. That, yeah. I think pigs are awesome. And I know a lot of pig facts. Yeah. For example, pig can run a six minute mile. Pigs are great. Pigs are pigs are pigs are great animals. Yeah. 30 minute orgasm. <laughs> They're amazing. Whether that's a pro or a con, that's mm-hmm. up to you. That's up to you. Listener, tweet at us. Pigs will eat almost know. anything. Oh, please tweet at us. <laughs> tweet at us what you... Hashtag you, pig orgasm. Whether you think 30-minute orgasms are good or bad. Pro or con. <laughs> Lay it out. At Mr. Bunker Pod. Give us your best arguments. Uh, but Dr. McCarthy's work is is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, it's all very hypothetical because there's... I, and this is the thing that I'm seeing with a lot of hybrids is that there's not a lot of... There's a lot of speculation... Right. But there's very little confirmation. Right. Like, especially with where human hybrids are concerned. Like, I've never seen a human pig. I've never seen a human dog. Right. If you, I mean, if you go, well, I mean, we'll have the link to Dr. McCarthy's website. Right. Like, if you go there, there's a lot of, like, photographic uh, evidence that purportedly shows human hybrids. photographs, though. But, you know, the thing he cautions is that this stuff hasn't been proven genetically. Like, right. these, these creatures weren't tested genetically to prove it. I mean, theoretically, does it make sense? Yeah, it could happen. Human lion, the sphinx. I mean, one thing on his, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's- <laughs> There could have been an ancient human lion. That's I mean, all I'm saying. there's a lot of, I mean, Egyptian Egyptian culture has a lot of uh, of human or like animal Anubis. Hybrids. Yeah. Uh, the Ra, the sun god is a, uh, like a hawk or something, right? Or an eagle. Yeah. And it's easy to chalk a lot of that up to being like mythology. Or they just liked animals. Yeah, exactly. But if you go also like like again, Dr. McCarthy's compiled like a huge trove of yeah. um like possible hybrids on his website. 
there are like reports from like the 19th century even of like a cow born with like a pig's head like where it's just I like mean, you know it's it's a very simple description but it's like they put this in the newspaper yeah. so it's like clearly well, somebody's y- like you saying you see that kind this. of snake oil ripley's believe it or not shit all the time where sure. it's like this is a mermaid it wasn't it was a monkey's body sewn on a fish right this is a double fish or this yeah. is like a double mermaid you know which is yeah. just a fish but you got to think that like a maybe a cow got bored and fucked a pig you know so some charlotte's web shit was going down and Cow fucked a pig, you know? and, and there are some. And I could think that they could breed, right? Yeah, there's some stuff out on the, on the internet exist. of like different animal species having sex with each other. Horse zebras, Azores, yeah, Azores. That's a real hybrid that's been created before. Just kind of happens. I mean, mules. Mules are hybrids. Mules are hybrids. It's a horse and a donkey. Um, um but uh, one thing that that Dr. McCarthy brings up is like this idea of sexual imprinting Mm -hmm. when you're, uh, when you're developing as a, as, as a juvenile, uh, for all animals, apparently animals, whatever type of animal they're most exposed to at this time when they're developing like their sexual, um, I don't know what I want to say, but developing sexuality in the body. Adolescence. Puberty. Right. Coming of age, I guess in an animal sense. Hell yeah. Um, like if you're, if you're a dog and say you're, you're a around teen, sheep, yeah. you start listening to Nirvana, right? you get kind of angsty. You don't want to listen to mom and dad anymore. You're like, no mom, I'm yeah. a fucking lion. I'm going to fuck a sheep. <laughs> like, you know how teens are. Teens. Uh, oh, he's talking about these fucking teens. Sheep. <laughs> but damn but, teens. But like, if it's a dog that's around like a sheep dog that stays around sheep all the time right. and it doesn't have other dogs to like live with maybe the dog thinks more of itself as a sheep it becomes sexually you see this all the time even attracted. today you can find that shit on reddit and people think it's cute right yeah exactly little deer starts living with a fox or like whatever yeah you know if what i'm the, saying yeah it's if, abandoned if you're abandoned and like a mother animal of a different species takes you on and suckles you and raises you you grow up in that population it's it's only natural that that you might be sexually active with a member of that species. So, I mean, he, his thought is that maybe this was a baby pig that a chimpanzee mother picked up, raised as her, her own or something. And it lived with chimpanzees. Uh, it mated with a, a chimpanzee, the offspring then mated with chimpanzees. It was a chimpanzee population. So there continues to be this back crossing with chimpanzees human beings are pretty close to chimpanzees, but there's a lot of stuff we don't share. And in Dr. McCarthy's opinion, a lot of that stuff is shared with pigs. So I'd like, be down with that. Yeah. I oh. think, I think a human, I think human monkey pig, human ape pig, man, you know, that's kind of the way to go. It's kind of a compelling argument. It's badass too, man. I already stated listeners now know that I am a big fan of pigs. Can I throw out a little more evidence at you though? Okay. So, um, you know, we mentioned sterility, um, as, as longtime listeners of the show will know, longtime listeners, I am sterile. That's right. Um, and you are a pig. <laughs> you are a human pig. I am a pig. Yeah. You are a human pig. Ask anybody who knows me. I am a pig. Uh, <laughs> um, but this guy'll eat anything, baby. Oh, give it to me. Yummy, yummy. Human bones. Um, 
but uh like from a sexual reproductive standpoint it's common in hybrids for there to be sterility and if not sterility which is not always the case some hybrids are viable it, it, there's a reduced uh fertility and human beings are especially infertile it's especially difficult for human beings to produce an offspring so like mathematically speaking human beings are way less likely that's true to result in an offspring than um like other animals i mean like some other animals it's like if the animal is in heat like yeah it's like 99 percent success rate yeah it's gonna fuck human beings are like we're all over the 30 percent you gotta like there's a schedule there's ovulation there's all this shit yeah. right yeah i've and, never created a child that i know of and it's like human human sperm and human eggs are like they you know it's like an attack like the sperm attack the egg and the egg has defenses against it so it's like we're not we're not designed necessarily to like make abundant offspring yeah like it's more of an anomaly than a than a fact of life but that's not true with a lot of other animals but it would be true with a hybrid that's pretty fucking compelling right it's interesting if you had to be a human hybrid though if I had to be, maybe I am. Maybe, maybe we all are. are. But if you were to be inseminated uh, with like one of these crazy experiments that we heard about. Oh God. Which is fucking wild. Yeah. And weird. Um, what do you think you'd pick? How would, how do you want to anamorph? Like if I, if I had to become. Someone's like going to inseminate. A chimera. You. Yeah. Like not that I'm going to produce offspring, but that I'm going to change my body. Like, right. Either one. Oh, well. I mean, I guess give you the ability to do it. I guess, Art, if I could produce any offspring, I'd want to produce a human (laughs) offspring, which is something I can't do today. Yikes. Anyway, (laughs) if you had to pick an animal, though, just pick a cute animal. (laughs) Pick something cool. You can't pick pig. Man, oh, man. If I was going to pick any animal, it's like, what would you want to do that you can't do? And I think it's like, for sure, I'd pick a bird. Like, I would That's love, fucking cool. like, I'd want to fly. You'd get, you'd get hollow bones. Right. You'd have really light bones. Uh, you'd start getting feathers and you'd maybe be able to fly, but you'd probably be more, more like a chicken. Right. You'd be stuck on the ground because yeah. chickens can't fly. Right here. They can fly a little bit. They fly a little bit. You could flap your wings a bit. You can get off the ground. Yeah. But I'd want flight. Like, I'd want to soar. I don't think it's going to happen with you. (laughs) Maybe your offspring. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the offspring. Great band. Um, You know, I don't, I was thinking scorpion. I said that earlier. That'd be kind of cool, but like kind of impractical to have pincers and a cool tail that hurts people. (laughs) Yeah. Like what are you, what's your plan with this, with this tail? Maybe someone night plan on stinging people. Like a cheetah, like a cat. Any kind of cat. Well, maybe more like a cheetah. Um, Dr. McCarthy says there's at least a report of a human-lion hybrid. Ooh, maybe. Lions are lazy, though. They sleep a lot all day. They're actually not that cool. Cats, all cats do that. I know. But cheetahs are really fast. Sure. They have really fast twitch muscles. Yeah. You know what else? Uh, Maybe like a really big yak. To survive how fucking cold it is here. And like... 
just some extra fur and some extra poundage built like a fucking tank. What about a rhinoceros? And they like go extinct all the time. I don't want that valuable horn. I don't want people poaching me. (laughs) He's not an egg folks. Leave him alone. (laughs) I don't want people after me trying to shoot me with fucking guns and steal my horn. That's a good point. Uh, And then I get stuck in a zoo and people laugh at me and point at me. Have you thought about a deer? Fuck deers. Elks are cool, I guess. What about a moose? I'm not into moose. No. They're large. I think my answer is either cheetah, because I want those fast twitch muscles. I want to be able to see in the dark. Um, You know, and I already drink enough milk and eat enough tuna. I'm basically a cat. Yeah. (laughs) I like to be alone. I'm basically a cat at this point. Yeah, you. You're more cat than man. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm, yeah, either yak or, um, Cheetah. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, listeners, uh, if you're still out there, um, <laughs> tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod with hashtag my human hybrid. What you want to be hybrided with? What do you want to be inseminated with? Hashtag my human hybrid. Um, Andy, let's get down to it. Oh, boy. Andy, let's, let's give our final thoughts here. On human evolution, do you are you convinced? What do you rate it? Is it plausible that we are descended from some kind of extraterrestrial being? Is it plausible that we are descended from more than just apes? I have to say that I think that the the scientific evidence here, I find it to be pretty compelling, honestly. Yeah. I I think that I think that it makes a lot of sense that human beings through whatever it might be, we're able to utilize fire in such a way to like cook food that helped our bodies process it more efficiently, that helped our brains grow, um, that through a unique combination of factors, we somehow ended up positioned in this place to like develop agriculture, form societies, and through natural genetic diversity, we managed to survive thrive and push the limits really of our own evolutionary rate. Um, I think, I think that it makes a lot of sense, honestly, in a logical way, um, more so than intervention from a supernatural force or a force that's outside of the earth. Um, you know, Sitchin's work is, is like cool. It's cool. it's, It's interesting. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem to like hold water from a historical perspective and, and Ike's work again is like interesting thought food, but uh, I'm not sure that it's so scientific. It's really more, I think his main point is more about our attitudes toward things. Uh, And, you know, obviously the Bible brings up the Nephilim, but you know, if you're saying that they contributed a lot to evolution Theoretically, they got all wiped out in the flood of Noah if you follow that timeline. So I'm not sure how much they could contribute to ongoing human evolution. So I think that the the natural argument makes a lot of sense. And Dr. McCarthy's work is really interesting. I mean, I have no I'm no geneticist, so I have no idea if it's accurate or not. But I mean, it's certainly it's it's it makes, I think to me, some sense. And I don't think it seems too far fetched. Right. Like after reading some of the supporting stuff, I I don't know that it 
convinced me, but it didn't, I didn't say, well, this is just not true at all. Right. Um, so it's very interesting. So from a, from a conspiracy standpoint, I got to say, I'm not convinced, uh, from on a, on a scale of plausible to not plausible. I'm saying not plausible. Wow. You're here first folks. A not plausible. Uh, I'm, I, I think I agree with you, Andy, on all the points. I actually think that the human chimpanzee pig thing, hybrid ancestor is pretty, that's pretty logical. And that's, that's kind of, that's fitting into that logical side of the brain. Human beings being these great adapters. Um, it, it, I think it makes sense to me too. And I, and I think, uh, you know, as much as I think aliens would be cool, um, it's just, there's just not enough there yet until we fucking meet one. And he, you know, they introduce themselves like we're the, we're the ones guys. This is us. You dummies. We put those fucking pyramids here for you. What don't you get? They're like real. like So condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Until I meet, if I meet a nice one, I'm still not convinced. They gotta be mean. Uh, until I meet one like that, uh, yeah, I'm just not. I just think it's more convincing, and I think you're right. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with you again. Not plausible out of ten. Wow. Sorry, sorry, Bunker. You didn't, you didn't get us. Didn't on convince this one. us. Didn't convince us. You didn't get us on this one. Try harder next time, Bunker. Um, that was our discussion and presentation of human evolution. Um, folks, you know, I, I'd like to say that we won't be back next week. I like to believe that we won't be. I, we we promised ourselves that we are going to remember where this bunker is and we're going to turn him into the police because abducting is wrong. Look, we learned our lesson, folks. We learned our lesson. But that being said, it's been really fun to share this journey with you. What a journey we've been on. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and good night. And sweet dreams. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.